Welcome to the podcast, Happy and Single. I'm your host, Joseph Anderson. You can find me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy, and you can find our podcast Instagram at Happy and Single. Today is episode 64 of the podcast. It's just crazy to think that I've been doing this that long. <laughs> that is just so funny when we really think about that. But today the topic is going forward as a single person when you really don't want to. The moment that my life really changed was that time that I finally just accepted in my life that I was okay being single. I'm not saying that's what I really wanted. I would take being with the girl of my dreams over being single any day. However, that's not the card that I've been dealt. You know, it's kind of like, I don't know if you guys ever play cards or I I actually really enjoy playing Texas Hold'em. I haven't played for a long time, but I really enjoy playing Texas Hold'em. And what's really interesting is you can only play the cards that you have. I can't, I cannot force a good hand into my hand. It doesn't work that way. But some people do a pretty great job with some terrible hands. You know, in in poker, they call it bluffing. You can do an amazing job no matter what your hand is. The most common thing I get from people is like, Joseph, I, I, I know that I can go forward. But I really don't want to. I really, really don't want to go forward alone. But guys, what, what other choice do you have? You know, getting into a relationship and, and further getting into marriage is simply a byproduct of living a wonderful life. It really is. I mean, if you see somebody down, like downtrodden and frustrated all the time, and unhappy and sad, are you going to want to connect with that person? No, you're not. Do you want to be with somebody that is always frustrated, always upset, always complaining about everything in their lives? If you do, that's your choice. But I would guess for the most part, people don't want that. A relationship will not fill any void in your life. I I used to think it would. But there's something about becoming happy in yourself. Because otherwise, we start thinking that we're too late and we start making bad choices. Oftentimes, when somebody gets divorced, not in all cases, but there are plenty of times when somebody just says, I just wanted to move on with my life. You know, I was getting older and I just didn't want to be alone anymore. Well, do you know what happens when people often do that? They often end up right back where they started. Because if it's not the right thing to do, and if you're not feeling the spirit, say, hey, this is the right thing to do. And don't do it. Our lives are so incredibly guided when we allow them to be. Do you guys ever wonder why I talk so much about living a guided life? Do you guys ever wonder why I talk so much about the spirit 
and for those of you that are that that are new, that's you know that that's similar to your inner voice, your inner wisdom, your gut, whatever you want to call it. So there's a really cool scripture in the Book of Mormon. It's it's in Mosiah eight, verse twenty, and it says, "Oh, how marvelous are the works of the Lord, and how long doth He suffer with His people? Yea, and how blind and impenetrable." So impenetrable. I mean, when you think of impenetrable, you think of a fortress, right? Like there's, it's like Fort Knox. There's no way of getting in. But he says, how blind and impenetrable are the understandings of the children of men, for they will not seek wisdom. Neither do they desire that she should rule over them. So this was 2,000 years ago, what I'm reading. It was 2,000 years ago. And they were still saying, you know what? That these people don't want to be guided. They don't want to have a guided life, and they don't want wisdom to rule over them. Like that was that was literally what this says: is they will not seek wisdom, neither do they desire that she, being wisdom, should rule over them. So what happens when we don't allow that? What well, says? Yea, there is a wild flock, which fleeth from the shepherd. So here, the shepherd, you know, in. In this case, it's the Savior in, in, in Christ. But, you know, in, in bigger terms, we can even think of it as just this, the Spirit. The Spirit is telling us what to do all the time. It's, it's basically the telephone which, which we get our commands through. That's kind of how the Spirit works. It's like, hey, do this. But you know, they're commands that are going to make us happy. And he says, okay, if you're not going to listen, and, and if you're going to flee from the shepherd then you're basically going to be scattered and driven and devoured by the beast of the forest. Well, what happens to us? When we don't allow ourselves to be guided and led, we end up devoured. Maybe that's a bad relationship. Maybe that's a divorce. Maybe that's insert whatever here. Maybe that's just being bogged down and devoured by endless amounts of um, wasting time on things that you don't even enjoy. Now, there's a great quote it's uh, by C.S. Lewis. I believe it's in the book, The Screwtape Letters, but it basically says, most men live their entire lives doing neither that which they ought to do, nor that which they love to, want to do, or love to do, or desire to do. So we spend all of our lives doing not what we're supposed to do, but also not even what we really want to do. We spend most of our lives just passing through, just existing, hoping that someday our life is going to change. We basically look around and we say, oh, I don't want to be where I'm at, but we don't say where we really want to be. You know, I, I, I talk about this podcast being an exploration of dating and, and being single and kind of an exploration of those things. But as I was thinking about it the other day, you know what this really is? This podcast is a way to create your ideal life as a single person because that's where you're at. Like, Everybody is in such a different stage of life. And when that becomes okay, when you accept it, there is a power in that. You know, I remember the part in Harry Potter, and hopefully I'm not ruining this for you because it's been out for so long, but Harry Potter in the last book, there's, a, there's this, I can't remember exactly what it is, but there's this little thing, or maybe it's the, it might be the snitch or something. It's this little thing that's supposed to open when it's the end. And he whispers to the snitch and he says, I'm going to die. Which is him accepting that his path is leading him that way. 
when we accept our path, our life can be amazing. When you stop listening to all the thinking that you have in your head, which really does come from the adversary, which I call crazy leprechaun thinking because it is, it just, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't make sense. You know, it's really funny how life works. I, I happened to be struggling the other day and with just a bunch of random thoughts that were coming in my head. And that night on my Facebook memories, it popped up this quote that I had literally shared three years before on that exact same day. And it was just like, whoa, that is amazing. Like, it is just so incredible how, you know, how kind and loving our Heavenly Father is. So it says this, it says, this is by a man named Frederick Babel. When an impression comes to your mind, write it down, then mull it over to see how it feels. If it seems good or there is a feeling of rightness about it, or if you feel happy or thrilled or relieved or at peace, then you will know it is from the Lord. But if you want to argue about or criticize it, or if you feel confused, upset, troubled, or negative, then question the source of the idea because it may be from the adversary. Oh my goodness, I, I just love that. You know, like, we're, we're taught some things, like, oh, if you have a repetitive thought, then it must be coming from the Spirit. That has not always been my experience. My experience has been the adversary tries to use just as many tools as the Spirit does. So it quite simply boils down to good feelings come from a good place, bad feelings come from a bad place. If you can just remember that, it's like I used to think when these overwhelming feelings of just my body literally feeling on fire was a good thing. And then I kind of learned that that's basically the beginning stage or latter stage of a panic attack. God leaves us with this feeling of peace, like it talks about in the scriptures, this feeling of peace that's like a river. And that's really important to understand because when you're creating your ideal life as a single person, most people aren't going to like it. They're really not. Because they're going to think, no, wh why are you being so happy? Why, are you, why aren't you working harder to get married? Why aren't you working harder to find your person? Funny enough, the harder that I work on finding my person, the more that I don't find my person. However, the times that I've allowed myself to be led and guided, I am led to some amazing people. I truly believe that God is the ultimate matchmaker. But, you know, funny enough, I, I, I just kind of had this funny thought. We've got to kind of polish ourselves up a little bit. You know, if there, there's a difference between, you know, an old piece of, let's say, brass, like a brass candlestick or something. I was listening to a book called Dear, Dear Liza by Sidney Banks and so this is kind of what's been on my mind just a little bit in this moment. But she had this brass candlestick that she was trying to sell. And she spent two entire days cleaning it up and, and, and uh, shining it up and everything else. Guys, we got to make ourselves the, the shiniest object possible for God to be able to lead us to that person. Because we're all doing the same thing. We're all looking for the best possible match for us, right? We're looking for the most attractive person that we can find, the one we connect with the most. We're looking for this entire package. Well, 
part of that entire package is the best advice I've ever got is make yourself as attractive as possible. Really, make yourself as attractive as possible in your life. Because that's going to give God a lot more to work from. If, you know, there's someone that's a bit rough around the edges and has a lot of different challenges in their life, they might not be attracting the person that they really want to attract. We have to understand that like attracts like. If I'm driven and motivated and focused on my desires, on my goals, I'm, I'm not saying, guys, we, we can't have any fun. Like, I'm not saying that at all. What I am saying is that we've got to have some sort of a direction for our lives. We've got to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to go this direction. Because most oftentimes, you know what we spend time thinking about is why stuff won't work out. Why I'm not married. Why I'm not in a relationship. Why things aren't working the way that I want them to work. Well, that's not a very fun way to live your life. You know, the life that God has in store for each of you, even as a single person, is amazing. So there's a story that comes to mind that I just looked up, and it says, so this was told by a religious leader of mine named Dieter F. Uchtdorf. If you search for that name along with your potential and your privilege, you can read more of this if you want. But it says, there once was a man whose lifelong dream was to board a cruise ship and sell the Mediterranean Sea. He dreamed of walking the streets of Rome, Athens, and Istanbul. He saved every penny until he had enough for his passage. Since money was tight, he brought an extra suitcase filled with cans of beans, boxes of crackers, and bags of powdered lemonade, and that is what he lived on every day. He would have loved to take part in the many activities offered on the ship working out in the gym, playing miniature golf, and swimming in the pool. He envied those who went to the movies, shows, and cultural presentations. And oh, how he yearned for only a taste of the amazing food he saw on the ship. Every meal appeared to be a feast, but the man wanted to spend so very little money that he didn't participate in any of these. He was able to see the cities he had longed to visit, but for the most part of the journey, he stayed in his cabin and ate only his humble food. On the last day of the cruise, a crew member asked him which of the farewell parties he would be attending. It was then that the man learned that not only the farewell party, but almost everything on board the cruise ship, the food, the entertainment, all the activities had been included in the price of his ticket. Too late the man realized that he had been living far beneath his privileges. Now, if you guys have ever been on a cruise ship, you know that almost everything is included and it is amazing. You got lobster night and you have all the dessert you can manage. and it's, It's awesome. I haven't been on one in a few years, but it is awesome to go on a cruise. And everything's included. I mean, that's why people go. But what if you looked at this life as a giant cruise ship, this giant party that you could create any way that you desire? But so often we've been taught for so long to live way beneath our privileges. 
know, this last, this last weekend, I had the chance to go to this, this wonderful meeting, and there I met, I met a new friend. His name's Nicholas Smith. He wrote an awesome book. It's called The Giants and the Smalls. So this is kind of like Chronicles of Narnia, similar in the fact of it was a, it was a, it's a children's book, but it's written for adults. And the book is about the, this group of people called Smalls, where they kind of live small lives, they have small thoughts, and they just kind of get by through life, you know, eating their humble pea soup and whatever else they eat. Well, this, this little, this one of the Smalls, you know, he looks at these other group called Giants. And he's like, I wonder how they became giants. Now, the giants have all kinds of food. They have all the amazing things one could ever want. And there's just one little paragraph that I'm going to read from this. You guys can pick up this book on Amazon. I highly, highly recommend it. Um, it's awesome. The pictures are awesome. Illustrations are awesome. And it's very, very well written. I'm not being paid to say any of this. But, and the guy who wrote it is an amazing man. And he said, so the book says, so, so this character is act, the small is asking the giant. And the giant said, he basically is asking him, like, how do, how do I become a giant? And the giant says, you see, giants think extraordinary thoughts, speak significant words, and see and do remarkable things. As I began to learn, my hearing improved and my vision expanded. That's what is magical about this world. So the giant, his, his parents were also giants, just to clarify. So he says, by listening to my parents and doing what they did, I started to grow. Rit's thoughts were racing. So Rit is the name of the small. He said, could this be true? This was madness. A small became a giant merely by thinking di differently and making new choices? That's the difference between the giants and the smalls. Did that mean he could become a giant? There's only one way to find out, the small thought to himself. Will you teach me how to become a giant? The small asked. The giant said, that this is a big thing you're asking me. And I don't know if you're up for the changes that will come if you go down this path. You're asking me to help you grow in a way that you don't fully understand. How can I know that you will do what it takes to grow? That's, that's all that I'm going to read for you guys. But like we become giants by thinking giant thoughts. We create our ideal life by thinking giant. There's another quote that I want to read you. It's by a religious leader of mine named Jeffrey R. Holland. And he says, God expects you to have enough faith and determination and enough trust in him to keep moving, keep living, keep rejoicing. In fact, he expects you not simply to face the future. That sounds pretty grim and stoic. He expects you to embrace and shape the future, to love it and rejoice in it and delight in your opportunities. God is anxiously waiting for the chance to answer your prayers and fulfill your dreams just as he always has. But he can't if you don't pray, and he can't if you don't dream. In short, he can't if you don't believe. Have you ever imagined and pictured God actively waiting to answer your dreams? If you haven't, I encourage you. 
when there was a time that one of my mentors, Richard Paul Evans, he invited us to do an exercise of basically going to God and saying, hey, can show me what you think about me. And it was astounding because he even told us to basically pray for a vision. And I, I received one. And it was so awesome. Now, I think some of us, we fear that we're going to live different lives than we know deep inside that we're meant to. And funny enough, this vision actually coincided much with the, what I'd thought and envisioned what I'd envisioned most of my life deep down inside with, with that inner voice. Julia Cameron in her book, The Artist's Way, basically says something to the extent of, you know, our dreams are placed inside of us by God. We're the ones that say, oh my goodness, I can't have that. And, and God's like, no, 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 I, I'm telling you, like, this is okay. You can have this. And we're like, really? Are you sure? You know, and we almost like, you know, we almost try to take it almost like a little kid stealing a cookie. It's like, okay, you, you said I could have the tiny cookies. Like, no, 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 no. I want to give you the entire platter of cookies. And I don't want to just give you that. I want to give you the factory and everything else. But we get so wrapped up into our own thinking about saying, you know what? I, I can't do this. I, I can't do this alone. I need support. You know, at the same meeting that I was at, there was a, a very popular, well-known coach named Steve Hardison that just lives a few minutes from me and I, I've known for quite some time. Uh, but at this event, he said that, you know, the power is in the listener. You know, and, I have, and, and one of the things I talk about and I've shared before is I adopted a religious leader of mine that's passed long since, but his philosophy was, I care about two opinions in the world, what I, what I think of me and what God thinks of me. And I would say that, and for the most part it was true, but there were a few opinions that had a lot of weight in my life. Well, I realized in that moment when I was in that meeting that, oh, I still need to decide who I listen to. If the Spirit is telling me to do something through peace, through great feelings, through excitement, through all these wonderful things and someone else is telling me it's not for me, I probably should listen to the good feelings. Because the really cool part, I've talked about, you know, the, the spirit and the adversary, the spirit gives you peace. That's not within the adversary's realm of possibility. He's not allowed to give you peace. It's, it's part of the rules. And I know that sounds funny, but it really is part of the rules. Like, because otherwise, if we could get, if the adversary could give us peace and good feelings, this life would get really hard. <laughs> you know, God wants you to create your ideal life. I mean, He is your loving Heavenly Father. He is your Father and you are His child. And He desires so many amazing and awesome and incredible things for you. You know, when it comes to creating our ideal life, there's, there's a beautiful segment on the show, How I Met Your Mother. And the gist of it is this. You know, Ted, the main character of the show, is talking to, he's talking to this guy that has just left this girl that's wonderful. And he says, hey, why, why isn't Victoria awesome? That was the girl that he left. 
And he's like, you know, Victoria's wonderful. But, you know, she's almost like the th closest to the thing I want most, but it's not it. And then he uses this word, which I don't know if it's a real word, and I can't even pronounce it even if it was, but it equates to lifelong treasure of destiny. So there's a word, the, the, other, the other word that's like almost what you want, so close to what you want, but it's not what you want. And then there's the lifelong treasure of destiny where you just know. I mean, you talk to people that, that are happily married. They just knew. Like, they just absolutely knew that that was the person for them. There's, I, I know that's not in all cases. And I believe that the Spirit speaks to all of us differently. So I, I'm not speaking for everybody. I'm just sharing with, this is how it looks to Joseph. I know others that just kind of dated and dated until like, ah, eh, this works. <laughs> and some of them have, have, have made it pretty happy as well. But could you imagine in this moment, if you started creating your ideal life, one of the things I'd invite and recommend for you guys to do, if you haven't already, when you're going to set goals and set your dreams and such, go to a new place. Go to a nice hotel. Most hotels have, you know, they, they have lobbies, they have bars. I don't, I, I don't drink or anything, but they just kind of, you know, sitting in that environment, there is a different feeling because you're not sitting in your house. You're sitting in a new, new possibilities. I mean, especially if you can go, you can go to, you can go to any really nice restaurant and every single one of them has a bar where you can order a soft drink for five bucks. Like, and this is, this is actually one of the ways one of my, one of my uh, friends actually got business. They would go to these, these really, really nice restaurants and just hang out in the bars <laughs> and, and they would just sit there and they, and they would talk to people and they actually had some really cool things happen. There is a power and there is an excitement when you get out of the world that you have created. Because we have to get out of the world we created. And sometimes it is. It's like fighting out of a, a cocoon for a little a caterpillar. Because he can't see anything else except what's there. And he just fights and he fights and he fights and he becomes a butterfly. I know that analogy is super, super overused. But also, I mean, how many of us can like change from a caterpillar to butterfly? Like that's pretty fantastic. Every single one of us is trying to become the person that we desire to become, but we're not going to become that person having the thoughts that we've had to create that. You know, people can tell us stuff all the time and it's like, well, this is the life that I've known for a long time. How do we get out of there? You get out of there by starting to play in different spheres. You get out of there by saying, you know what? What is the life that I want to create? Start window shopping for some things that you'd really enjoy. One of the things Julia Cameron talks about in her book is, is go out and buy, buy at least one nice thing for yourself. I'm not saying to break the bank, but go buy yourself something nice. You know, I did this a while back. I, I, you know, I had a couple pairs of shoes that were, you know, they, they worked for what I needed them for, but they were getting a little bit dingy and, and gross. And so I finally went and I 
found some shoes that I liked and I love wearing them. I love wearing them. I feel good wearing them. Guys, there is nothing wrong with you wanting to have an amazing life. And if you think that God wants you to live in a tiny house, just, and I'm not, there's no judgment if you are. I mean, I, I am <laughs> like, there's no, there's no judgment if you are, we're, we're all, we're all just doing the best we can. But I like to look at the size of God's house. Like you look at a temple and they're massive. That is literally the, what we call the Lord's house. Well, I mean, if he's got a massive, massive house, I think he's okay if you do too. You know, there, there's so many things and so many thoughts that we have that go through our head that are not ours. And you know what the adversary does? One of his best things is he, he, he builds on a truth. It's like we have this truth pop in our head and then instantly, oh, like, you know, for example, if it's like, oh man, I would love, well, one of the things I'm doing right now is I'm actually writing an album in 90 days. I've never done that before. And I'm not painstakingly doing it every day. I'm just sitting down and toying around and seeing what happens. But, you know, I'm, I'm writing and recording an album in 90 days. Well, in pops the thought. It's like, oh my goodness, you know what I'd love to do? I would love to record and write an album. Well, do you know what happens almost immediately after that? <gasps> but Joseph, you've got to work on real stuff. You've got important stuff. You've got to take care of bills. You've got to pay off debt. Like, you've got to work on that. This isn't going to help with that. Well, that seems like friendly advice. But a lot of times, the stuff that works, on, works hardest on us is when Satan builds, builds, on, that, builds on that truth. It's like, well, yeah, you'd love to do that, but you can do that someday. You can do that someday. There's actually, there's a great story. Because I think someday is the thing that stops us from creating our ideal life. So there's, there's this story told of this conference in, this conference down in hell. And so there's, they're having a conference with, I, I know this is getting, this might get a bit far for some people, but you know, they're having a conference with the devil and all of his little minions. You know, according to the Bible, a third of the host of heaven was, went, chose to go with Satan. And so there are all these little minions. I know this sounds a bit out there for some people, but I, I, this, this is what I really do believe. And it makes a lot of sense. And so this, the devil gets together with all of his minions. He's, and, he, and they're having this conference, almost like this award ceremony. So he brings people up. He's like, hey, you know, this, this guy right here, he, is, you know, he, he has helped you know, a thousand souls leave the path. And, every, and all, the, all the little minions are like, yay, yay, that's awesome. And then he brings up another. He's like, yeah, this one's, but, but wait, guys, we have another that has helped 10,000 souls leave the path. And they're like, whoa, that's amazing. And then he's like, yeah, but we have another that's helped. It, it's a large number, like, you know, a million souls or something leave the path, leave the path. And so he's like, we want to invite him to come up and talk to us and tell us how he's done it and help us out. I mean, the book, The Screwtape Letters, really is about, it's an older devil teaching a younger devil how to mess with people. That, that's a fantastic book by C.S. Lewis. And, and so it's really interesting because so this, this, uh, this, this minion gets up on, on the stage and he's like, you know, the, the devil's like, hey, how did you do it? And he's like, well, I, I taught him how to, read the scriptures, go to church, pray, do all of these really good things. And the devil gets furious. He's like, what are you doing? You are destroying my kingdom. 
And then the minion pauses and says, but I told them all to do it tomorrow. Guys, that's it. It's like, yeah, work on all those amazing things, but do it tomorrow. You, you gotta, you gotta go, you gotta, you know, play video games or whatever it is right in this moment. And I'm not, I'm not judging anyone for, you know, any video games or TV or anything. I, I do all that stuff too. So I'm just pointing out, he always says to do it tomorrow. Guys, tomorrow never comes. If you don't start creating your life today, you're not going to start creating your life. And I'm not saying you have to do this. I mean, you can, you can go in, you can go sit in a nice place and say, you know what, what is the life that I want to create in this next year? What is it? What do I want to accomplish? What do I want to make happen? And there's a power in doing that. There's an incredible power in doing that. Saying, what is the ideal life that I want to shape, that I want to create? You know, like the Jeffrey R. Holland quote said, he said, embrace and shape the future. That's what we're doing, guys. We're talking here about creating your ideal life. I, I know, I get it. You don't want to go forward because you're so sad that you don't have your person in your life. Well, you got two choices. You can choose to go forward without the person in your life, or you can choose to stay stuck in this moment without the person in your life. You can choose to travel the world by yourself and explore all the wonderful places that you would love to go with your person, or you can choose to be stuck where you are. I mean, for years, guys, that was my belief. What is the point of having any money if I have nobody to share it with? What is the point of doing all these really cool things in the world when the only thing that I ever wanted, the only thing I ever wanted, was to be married to the girl of my dreams. You know, I really believe that Heavenly Father allows each of us to be tested in our own way. Well, what if the, this is just striking me in this moment. Well, what if the way we pass the test is just enjoying where we're at and making the absolute most of this moment where we are at? What if that's, what if the test is really to find joy in all the things that we are doing. What if that is the test? I mean, there is a moment, I believe it's in the book of Jeremiah, but Jeremiah basically, like God basically says, get up off your face. It really, really says that in the Bible. You can Google it, you can look it up and you can find it for yourself. But he says, and Jeremiah's like, no, you don't understand. This is wrong and this is wrong. And, and, and the Lord's like, Get up off of your face. Well, how many of us are lying in the dust on our face saying, no, you just don't understand, Joseph. You just don't understand. My life has been terrible and horrible and nobody loves me. And, and I just don't like this. I don't want to go anymore. I want somebody to be with me. I have been alone for too long. This is not fair. Well, guys, I was reminded at that conference that I keep referring to. Whatever energy you put out, you'll get back. If you put out the energy that this life is not fair, you're going to start seeing every single thing in life that is not fair. 
But if you put out the energy of, oh my goodness, like this life is absolutely amazing. Oh, what wonderful things are going to come into my life today. Is today the day that I'm going to meet the person of my dreams? And some people are like, Joseph, I did that. I did that for a certain amount of time and it didn't work. Well, it didn't work because you stopped. <laughs> That's why it didn't work. It was like you, put, you planted the seed, you started watering it, you started fertilizing it, and then you stopped. Guys, if you stop, it stops. That's how it goes. Whether you get complacent, whether you get comfortable, you have to show up and do the things that you want to do. We struggle so much with all this thinking in our head that prevents us from creating the ideal life. Such as, I'm not, I'm not doing it anymore. You can't make me until God gives me the person of my dreams. I'm not moving forward. I will not take a step. I will not do anything. Guys, it doesn't work that way. God's got infinite patience. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Because he's waited for me for a really long time. A really long time. We all know what we want to do. Our, our thinking just gets unclear. It's very similar. There's a story. It's uh, If you look up 1 Nephi 8, there's a story in there about this tree of life. And one of the parts I really like about it is all these people start off on this journey and they all have different experiences. There's a rod that leads to this beautiful tree. But immediately, right when they start on this path, this mist of darkness pops up in their face. and They probably can't even see the tree or anything else. When we have a vision, when you get excited about something, the best way for the adversary to mess with you is to squash it immediately. I know when my thinking starts to rev up, when all kinds of crazy things start happening in my life, that something really good is about to happen. And usually the adversary tries to hit on those few things. Whatever your thing is that scares you the most, that's what you're going to be reminded of. Whether it's an experience, whether it's something you fear doing, that's what's going to come in your head. But all it is, is, is thought. It's, it's a thought created in the moment. And if you just notice, oh, my thinking's revving up. That's different than, oh, I thought I was rid of this. Why won't this go away? That, that's kind of similar as, you know, the, the kid that you give a nickname or that people gave a nickname to back in elementary school that, they, that he hates, but they keep calling him that. They're just going to keep doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it. It's only when it stops bothering somebody that's like, oh, whatever. Because they don't get any fun out of it anymore. I mean, I really do. I picture these, these minions kind of standing next to you and saying, hey, Joseph, you're fat. Joseph, you're ugly. Joseph, you're stupid. Joseph, you're single and you're never getting married. Well, if I sit there and those have no impact on me, and I'm just like, oh, cool, there's that thought that I'm that there's that thought that I'm single. There's that thought that I'm whatever. After a while of doing that, if the minion's not getting a rise out of me, if the, they're going to go away and bother somebody else. I, I really do believe that, guys. And I truly believe that the times that we are closest to that thing that is going to change our lives, that is the moment that the adversary really pops up his head and says, oh, you think you're going to do that? You're not good enough to do that. Who in the world do you think you are? 
that's not the right path for you. The other path is right for you. I mean, sometimes it gets pretty rough, guys. You know, the interesting thing that I've seen this morning as I was pondering more on this, this tree of life experience is all this was was a mist of darkness. So it was really just like a thick fog that was hard to see through. That's all it was. It wasn't, it wasn't like windstorms and thunderstorms and tornadoes and like real stuff that could have actually hurt somebody. It was just fog. It was just a really, really thick fog. So all it was is something to scare us from not seeing our vision. So how do we get through that? Well, there's also this iron rod that leads straight to the tree. It leads straight to the vision. And each and every one of us, so in, in the scriptures, that's likened to the word of God, which is likened to the scriptures. But I actually think that's not just the scriptures. It's also personal revelation. You know, those nudges, those, you, you can call it your gut, you can call it your inner voice, you can call it whatever you want. There's certain times you just know to do something. Well, guess what? If you put one, if, you're, if you have your hand on that rod and you put one hand in front of the other, in front of the other, in front of the other, aside from this really big mist of darkness and, you know, sometimes having a bunch of crazy thoughts go through your head, if you just keep marching and pay no attention to, you know, what everyone's saying or whatever you're feeling or whatever you're thinking, I mean the negative feelings that you're having. You know, of course, follow the positive feelings. Follow the, the, those, are the those are the directions, those are the commands that you're receiving to take that are going to take you exactly where you want to be. And you can even liken that tree to your ideal life. If you just keep taking one step after another, after another, after another, you're going to be fine. You know, it's like I said, I'm, I'm writing an album right now, literally in 90 days, just, just for fun. and. When I first sat down and, th and pulled out my guitar and I, I was watching the Beatles get back for like, you know, 10 minutes and then I started writing. Well, at first your thoughts come in your head. You're like, I can't do this. H how in the world am I supposed to do this? And the funny thing is we spend so much more time thinking about what we can't do than actually doing what we can. And funny enough, I just started messing around on the guitar and I came across some really cool chord, some really cool uh, note progressions or whatever they're called. And all of a sudden it was like, oh, this is really cool. So whatever it is, that is your tree of life that you're moving forward, that you've been guided towards, that you've been directed for, towards, if you just get quiet and if you listen to the spirit, if you listen to that inner voice that just really, really speaks to you, you can just take one step after another, after another, after another. You don't have to take giant, giant steps all the time. You can think, there, there's a guy named Rich Litvin, he's a popular coach. He basically says, you know, think really, really big dreams and then take really, really tiny steps. As you guys know, I'm known as the it's possible guy. So it's about taking those tiniest steps towards what you want. Well, you're going to inch closer and closer and closer towards that. You just have to follow this, those tiny, tiny steps. It's like, if I wanted to go to New York, but I didn't know where I wanted to go, I could just start driving towards New York. And when I was in New York, I'd figure out. So just take the tiny, tiny steps. Following that inner voice, following the spirit.
But when we go back to our vision, when we go back to that peaceful feeling inside each of us, that's where life gets amazing. You know, I want to invite you guys to begin to create your ideal life today. I get it. I get the fact you don't want to go forward. I get the fact that many of you have been through divorces and many of your exes are horrible things that we can't say on this podcast. <laughs> I know this because I've been told many times the, the words that people use to describe some of their exes when they're talking about them to me. I get it. But your only choice is to remain stuck alone or go forward alone. And you know, and one person you know, one time told me, he's like, Joseph, the way I see it is, you know, you go forward on your path. Somebody else is going forward on their path. And all of a sudden you look over and you're like, oh, hey, there you are. I mean, I've heard of people going through stories of, one of my, you know, one of my good friends, maybe I'll have her on the podcast, uh, told me about, you know, her and her husband, it took them 20 years to get together. I know others that have taken a little bit less time. There's some that have probably taken more time. But guys, we got to stop worrying because, you know, at least in my understanding, there's a great quote in the song, The Glorious Unfolding, that says, this is just the beginning of the beginning. We start freaking out and God's like, guys, you got eternity. What are you doing? It's like, no, but you don't understand. It's not working out. And I'm, and I'm 37 years old. It's like, yeah, so you're 37 and you have eternity? I mean, I don't even think those would measure on a scale. Actually, funny enough, no amount of number measures on a scale compared to eternity. We compare this life to a dot on the carpet in a large room compared to eternity. But guys, that's not even it. <laughs> I mean, it might, be, it might be a speck of sand on the beaches of the world. <sighs> I, just, <laughs> I just started overthinking as I said that. It's like, oh my goodness, I can't even imagine. But we're not meant to imagine that. We're not meant to understand and know those things. If your head starts feeling like it's going to explode, just stop thinking about whatever you're thinking about and it goes away. I really do mean that. You don't have to figure everything out. Because it's only when we settle down that the Spirit can speak to us. And sometimes it can speak to us other times, but it is very helpful for us to settle down. Like, here's my invitation to you. I want to invite each of you. I've talked about this before. I want to invite each of you to create your ideal story. If you could have the most amazing and awesome things happen this year, by the end of the year, because guys, we're already a month in. We are a month into 2022. You've got 11 twelfths left of money, of money 22. I like that. Money 22. That's kind of cool. You have infinite resources around you if you will listen. I have been guided and led to people that are the perfect people for me in my life. You are guided and led too if you'll let wisdom rule over you. 
like we were talking about in that scripture. Are you going to let wisdom rule over you? Or is your life so amazing right now that you're like, yeah, I don't need that. (laughs) And even if your life is so amazing, you say you don't need that. I would still recommend it anyways. I would still recommend saying, hey, if you've led me this far, keep leading me. Go out, go start creating your ideal life exactly where you're at. And you can still put in that, in that bunch of paragraphs, that page long or so of your vision. You absolutely can put your, you're with the girl of your dreams or on, you know, on a certain beach or, you know, you guys are having fun or whatever it is for you. But I want to encourage you to take that time to do that this week. Now, if you've made it to this point in the podcast, I'd like to invite you to go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. I don't know how you got here, but that way, if you ever want to get back here again, it's right there for you in your subscriptions. And if you haven't already joined us, one of the really cool things that I do that's free for anyone that would like to participate is each Monday morning at 10 a.m. Arizona time, I host a group coaching call for Happy and Single. Anyone is welcome to come on, and you can even receive a little bit of one-on-one coaching time with me, depending on how many people are in the call. Now, every now and then that schedule changes, so you can go to the website happynsingle.com to be able to look at the schedule and also to be able to find the link to the Zoom room. Now, at the same time, if you would prefer a more one-on-one type of coaching experience where you can sit down and share your hopes and dreams and, and just kind of the stuff going on in your world, then there's another option available for you as well. Now, the bulk of my business is actually doing one-on-one coaching. If that's something you're interested in exploring, I've got a few spots open in my coaching practice. You can just message me on Instagram at the It's Possible Guy, and we can sit down and have a chat. And it doesn't matter where you're at in the world. I've worked with people across the world. I do everything over Zoom, so it actually makes it pretty easy. Thank you guys so much again for listening. And go out and live your adventure. Thank you.